Chris, start us up because I'm sick. <laughs> Dave's dying. <laughs> you coughing up green. Still, no more green. No more no green, green, but I'm still sick. But and he's, got, I, he's got Rona. Yeah, I took a test the other day just to just for kicks and giggles. And right. uh I got the I got the C word. Oh boy. <clears throat> so well, today's episode 57, and we're going to answer some, some questions that were sent in by viewers. We've been asking you guys yep. to to drop some comments and questions and things, and we would cover them in future podcasts. Well, today is one of those days we are going to answer some questions. Dave, what you got other than Rona? All right. So, guys, I apologize for my voice, but welcome back to the podcast. We got That's several right. questions Thanks. here that we're, we're going to dive into and it's various questions that people have asked over the past couple weeks. Um, and we'll go from there and we'll get, we'll dive into each question and uh, answer them for you. So hopefully this will be a good podcast for everybody because we are, most of them are food plot questions. Uh, actually, they are food plot questions. So leading into the 2024 spring season, it should help you on most of this stuff. So number one question. Says when it comes to planting different seed mixtures such as Comeback Kid and Nebraska mix, what advice would you offer for timing? The plot sizes are small micro plots in out of the way places. So he wants to know uh, timing, basically on Comeback Kid, which is a clover mix, and an any Nebraska mix, basically. What advice would you offer for timing? And these questions will be up on the screen for anybody uh, watching the video version on Chris's channel. You'll be able to see the question. Um, now, did he mention for fall or for spring? Or? When it comes to planting different seed mixtures, such as Comeback Kid and Brassica Mix, what advice would you offer for timing? The plot sizes are small micro plots in and out of the way places. So this question basically can go two different ways. Yeah, it could. Because Brassicas obviously are going to be planted for the fall. Yep. But your comeback could could be frost seeded. It could be planted could be. in the spring, and it could be planted in the in the fall. Yes. So why don't you offer the three situations on planting comeback kid for time? Okay, comeback kid. I would say if you have, uh, if you if you want to plant it in the fall this year, so that it's spring green up in this in the in the spring of next year um that's a it's a good habit to do is to get something established in the fall and timing wise you know august september somewhere around that time get it in the dirt because clover grows slow and uh it'll get get have a chance to be established before the really cold weather sets in and it starts going dormant again for winter time and uh, that's a nice time to to get it started now the other scenario is like dave said is to frost seed it in the spring and, and i'm in pa so about the third week of march or so normally we get that freeze thaw action where it's frozen at night and it thaws during the day from the sunlight so if you have enough debris off of your plot and you have bare dirt showing you can frost seed uh clovers onto the bare dirt and uh the, the freeze and thaw heaving of the dirt will suck that seed down in and plant it for you. Uh, third scenario is to actually work the dirt and uh, 
at any point in time of the year, except for when it's freezing and dormant. But or drought. I'm talking, I'm, yeah, I'm talking from spring till fall time, uh, like March through August, probably would be the last time I would want to plant um, somewhere in that region to uh, go ahead and work the dirt and put your clovers in but no do not cover them up more than a quarter inch mm-hmm. quarter inch or less on clover so a lot of times you can just work the dirt get a good firm seed bed and you can spread the seed right before rain and just let the rain beat it in so those are your three scenarios for and your timings for clover now you can yep. hit the brassicas <clears throat> yeah so brassica mix uh i don't really i don't know what state he's in but uh and it doesn't even really matter so brassica mix typically you're going to plant them in late summer um in some cases early fall but majority of times you know where we're planting throughout the northeast and and kind of central areas you're going to be looking at somewhere between august 1st and toward maybe the middle of September, depending on where you're at. And you want to look at your frost date situation. So typically where me and Chris are at, Maryland, PA, our frost sometime around the 20th of October could be 25th, somewhere around that time frame. So what I like to do is back that up about 45 to 50 days. And that's when that's when you plant your brassicas. There are some guys that like to plant them earlier in the summer and they do get more mature uh so and then they lose their attraction attractiveness in when when you need them the most in october and november but they will get bigger bulbs and you'll have the more tonnage and stuff so they could use them later in the season but for me personally i like to plant it right around 50 days before frost they get just mature enough uh so they're very palatable during October and November. So just pick, know your frost date. Every state, every area has one. Where we're at, like I said, it's around the 20th of October, um, toward the end of October, somewhere around that time frame. And that's a hard, like hard frost. But just back your timing up. So somewhere around the third week of August is where I plant. Somewhere around where Chris's plant, give or take a week you know either direction um is a good is a good time frame for that um and he mentions the plot sizes are small micro plots mm. so you know and comeback kid is from domain but if they're it's if it's a very small plot yes the comeback kid would do well but a brassica mix may not do well for you in a small plot like that um they could kind of wipe it out so maybe uh like a better mixture for you would be like no BS because that has brassicas, clover, and grains in it. Grains um, tend to do well with uh, browse pressure. Uh, they can they can handle that browse pressure. Um, so that would be a good option. Yes? Yeah, and minimal sunlight. Yeah, minimal know, sunlight that, as well. That, 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 uh, Which that, comeback could, can that do blend, well. Yeah, that, yeah, those blends can do pretty good right. and minimal. And, and, and no BS and hall pass hall pass was a new blend for 2023 for domain. And that's, you know, a little bit of brassicas, clovers and wheat and rye. Um, and with that said, pay attention till till Thursday. 
so you by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll already be released. But you know, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Domain is releasing new products on Thursday, Thursday which is tomorrow, 25th. Mm-hmm. the twenty fifth. We have no idea what they're releasing, but apparently it's a bunch of stuff. So maybe there might be a a fit for something. I don't know. So they didn't tell the OGs what it is. What up? They did not. They did not tell the OGs, and um, I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to get on Mike for that. He didn't yeah. tell us. So yeah, but anyway. That's I'm excited mean. to see what they have tomorrow. So we'll find out. Yeah. And, we're, and we can bring that to you guys as well on a next podcast or something. All right. Question two. Question two. Um, it It's more of a statement, but he asks a question kind of. But it takes equipment to do food plots. Yes, I have a four-wheeler, but that's not enough. I have a push mower, but I hate mowing my lawn. I guess what would be the simplest way to do a food plot and what to plant. Hmm. So he, he, he's saying it takes equipment to do food plots. Yes, but he only has a four wheeler and that's not enough. So there's a lot of options that you can use with a four wheeler. Yeah. Um, so what, what's the easiest way to plant a food plot? I used, I used to just, uh, before I had anything but a four-wheeler, like he's saying, I used to take an old pallet and load it up with cinder blocks and drag that around until it just drug all the grass and everything off, you know, down to bare dirt. And I used to spread clover on that. That yeah. was the easiest way to get something to go. Yeah. You know? What I used to do um, is take a four-wheeler and just use a drag arrow. Mm. The chain, the chain one we had, or the yeah. one you borrowed and one I bought, right. um, literally just spray the ground, kill the grasses to, mm-hmm. to loosen the soil up a little bit with glyphosate, mm-hmm. and literally drag it with a drag arrow. It roughs it up and throw out your seed. You could plant brassicas like that. You could do wheat and rye. You could do clover. Um, it doesn't take much as long as you rough that dirt up a little bit. Just get the you, seed to soil contact. Yeah. But make sure you kill the grasses and stuff if you do it that way first, because it's not like you're disking. You're literally just scratching the surface and yeah. kind of roughing up. I mean, for the first half inch, quarter inch of dirt, you're just roughing it up. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean that that's a very simple way. Doesn't take much. You are the guy already has a four wheeler. Yeah. So pick yourself up a drag arrow, or like Chris said, you can use pallet with cinder blocks, or you can even put like some old tires on it, whatever it is, sandbags, yeah. or um, if you have lime, if you're spreading lime, put the lime on there first and then drag it. So there's always a way. Oh, yeah. um, the next, you, the next steps up are, okay, you got a four wheeler, use a, use a uh, groundhog max. You know, we use that for, you know, a couple of times and planted food. I did it many times, planting a food plot with a groundhog max. Um, you can get into, What's the implement I gave you? Um, the blackboard. The blackboard, yeah. You can use a blackboard disc. That's ATV friendly. Um, yeah. They make uh, several different ones. Um, and then when you start getting advanced, I mean, it gets costly. But um, the drag arrow and a pallet and a chain link fence, man, you can plant a lot of stuff. Doesn't you, take much. You were breaking up bad. You know that. Uh, whatever my voice my, my voice no i mean your internet oh my internet yeah you're breaking up bad oh uh, 
Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you, but it's okay. just it's just we get the gist of what you're saying for sure, but it's just breaking okay. up bad. It's crackly. Um yeah, what's uh what's those what's those other things, uh what do you call them? Rippers that go behind the uh oh jeez. Oh, like a chisel plow? Yeah, chisel plow. It just it left my head. Yeah, like a little chisel plow or something. Yeah. Yeah. They all work great. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Blackboard. You could, you could even make homemade chisel plows, you know, just something to drag. Blackboard um, has a lot of ATV implements like that. They, they do. Have they do, but plow, now that they they're got... more popular, they're getting expensive. Yeah. Right, which happens. Um, yeah. But we used – I had their call to packer. I mean, check them out. I mean, we have no affiliation with them, but um, no. they – uh. No, but I, I do might use be, it. Yeah, might be something that could work for you. So mm -hmm. hope that answers that question. All right. Number three. Number three. From Steve. He says, I frost-seeded clover in my existing clover plot in March, mm -hmm. and it did not come up. I had good freeze and thaw. My property is in West Virginia. I did about two acres. Would you have any idea why it failed? Could the seed go too deep? Could it have germinated and frost killed it? Any thoughts would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your time. So Steve is asked saying that he frost seeded about two acres and it failed. And he hmm. wants to know why. So what are your thoughts? And I'll give my thoughts. It's hard to say because we don't know. Yeah, we don't we don't know the situations. It could have been. It we'll could have been some... a situation where there was too much debris already, um, or he may have done it while the existing plot was wet and everything stuck to the existing plot, and then it didn't get down to the soil, and the birds all pecked it away. Um, it could have laid there and rotted on top of the soil if it got wet or something, and, and or... Yeah, if it, if it laid on top and it didn't get down into the soil, um, I don't know. We we don't know the whole situation here. Yeah, so I would say, um, oh. may, maybe he could have frosted it on top of snow. That that's yeah. that could yeah. be a bad idea. Maybe there yeah. was a layer of ice and he frost seeded and it, it kind of melted and, and had runoff. Maybe it's on the side of a hill. It might have been on a side hill. <clears throat> um maybe he frost seeded when it was muddy, or like you said, wet and it got too deep. Yeah. Maybe he did it too early. Um mm -hmm. and he didn't have that freeze thaw effect and it was just literally solid frozen. Maybe the um, seed was old and wasn't maybe the seed was old. Germinated. So there's a lot of lot of variables in there, but the general why don't we describe like a general practice of that? Um, because I you know, you were just reading some comments too where some guys had frost seeded it and failed. But yeah. really frost seeding is like a legit way. It does work. Um but I, I guess think, you can do some I, things wrong, but I think, I think people, people over, over, over. Yeah, I think people overthink it. Mm -hmm. You know, so why don't you just give some general, general, the general concept of raw seeding for, okay, uh, for, for Steve? First of all, you've got you to be in an area that's going to get good sunlight. A lot of failure is due to sunlight. 
people aren't getting sunlight down. But he's saying it was already an existing clover plot. So obviously he has sunlight where he's at. But in general, go to some place that has uh, good drainage because you don't really want it sitting in water. Um, good sunlight. Okay. And like we said earlier, if you're going to frost seed, you have to have all the debris off. You have to have all the leaves off, all the sticks, whatever. And if the foliage is too deep already, you know, that baby should have been mowed, you know, low before you went into winter. <laughs> but you can't always control that. But you got to have that good soil to uh, seed contact. And then, you know, you're spreading it out. And if you don't think it's getting down, I mean, you could do something like run it over with a, I don't know, you, you can run it over with the tires on your vehicle or or a roller or something. Get it vibrated down so it's touching soil. It's got to be touching the soil. And then you have to have, like we said, you got to have that freezing and thawing action so that the seed falls down into these crevices and it plants itself. Now... The only other bad thing, what I just said <laughs> about running it over and stuff, is you could bury it too deep. So you got to be very careful what you're doing there, too. Mm -hmm. You know, you might be running it in with an ATV tire. A clover is only supposed to be a quarter inch or less. So depending on, you know, when you're putting it out, too. If you're putting it out when it's thawed and it's mushy, you could definitely bury it too deep easily. You want to put it on probably when it's more frozen yeah. so that you're not burying it right from the start. You're just defeating yeah. your purpose. Yeah, if you're in your freezing, thawing state of time of year, say, just say mid-March. Yeah, you definitely you want to put it on when it's hard. Yeah, you want to do it in the morning Yep. To and, and walk on it when it's frozen. Therefore, one, you're not walking in it, leaving muddy footprints through it. Yes. Um, you want to do it when it's frozen, and then as the day heats up, it'll thaw and then freeze and thaw, freeze and thaw. Yes. Um, I think that one of the biggest fails with frost seeding is probably either one, they're not doing it into a prepped area, and two, they do it too soon. Yeah, everybody's so anxious right now to get started. Man, we got yes. we got a month and a half yet before you can even start a frost seed. I mean, here. Yeah. Here. We see it. We see it every year, though. It's like I, mean, it's, I guess if you're in Georgia or South Carolina, yeah. they got a, they got a cold snap going right, right now. They could get away with frost seeding right now, probably. Yeah, we there. see it every year, though. People, it's January, February, and it's like I'm ready to plant Egyptian wheat. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, like you got no. like we see it every or or it's the question of it's it's March and they get one or two or three four days in the 60s and they're ready to plant buckwheat and then they yeah. plant buckwheat it gets a frost and it dies yeah every single year i mean i think i think i covered that the in the last podcast excuse me i covered that in the last podcast that the 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 soil temperature ideally should be 55 no lower mm -hmm. uh at nighttime yeah and that's Day, even daytime higher yeah yeah because that's buckwheat for, that's for that's for that soil temperature, not air temperature. Mm -hmm. Soil temperature of fifty five or higher, and that would 
be good for seeding, and that's also good for uh, spraying chemicals if you want to kill. Right, right. And things like buckwheat and Egyptian wheat and things like that, man, they, they love heat. So you yeah. got to be patient with this stuff, man. It, like, it's got to be warm. It's got to yeah. be warm. 60, I mean, 60 is really better, but fit, you can get away with 55. But like around here, I'm waiting. I'm usually waiting till May, almost June before I, before I can, you know, get away with doing stuff like that. Right. You know, all right. But yeah, um, being well prepared soil is the best. <laughs> what are we on? Next four? question. Number four. I think so. He says, uh, Robert says, I know this video is a was a year ago. But I got a two-acre plot in the middle. In the middle. Oh, sorry. I got a two-acre plot. I'm in the middle of Tennessee. What do you suggest to plant? There's a lot of deer on this place. So a two two-acre plot is pretty, pretty big plot. It is big. Um, that is pretty. Most hunters aren't planting two-acre food plots. So no. Uh, he's in the middle of Tennessee, uh, and he's got a lot of deer. So what do you think you should plant? Now, again, this is a tough question to answer because we don't know what's around. We don't know. Like, but in general, a general idea to Robert, what would you plant? Clover and grains. I would have a high stem count because if you've got a lot of deer, like Dave said a lot earlier, way earlier in the podcast, grains can be highly browsed and still keep growing. You know, clover grows so slow. So you, the grains would kind of nurse, nurse that clover along. And then you could add like oats or something like that, you know, to help nurse too. Um, and if you're going in the fall time, uh, if you're planting late summer for stem count, I would do winter wheat or winter rye, you know. But grains is is a big thing because it's desirable and it's palatable. And the high stem count that you can put out there is going to feed a lot of deer, a lot of mouths. Mm -hmm. And it's it stays, you know, it's almost you can almost say grains are almost perennial. You know, it's almost like they're biperennial, you know, or biannual, I mean. It's almost like they're biannual because you plant them this year and they winter over and they're there next year, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yep. but clover, there's a variety of, of, of perennial clovers. They'll be there for three, four, five, six years to, if you take care of it. Yeah, right. But yeah, high stem count. Put in a lot of seed. Yep. Uh, I, I think that's the way to go. Now, if he's looking for green and leafy stuff i would blend it up man i'd blend it up i'd i'd have radishes in there turnips kale all that big leafy green stuff and i would plant that not too heavy but on the heavy side so you have lots of stem count that way too tonnage you need tonnage to feed a lot of deer yeah i would yeah. tell uh I would tell Robert to possibly experiment. If you have two acres, um, plant brassicas. Try try like a showstopper with the hybrid brassicas from the main. Mm -hmm. um, just try it and, and, and see what happens. See if they wipe you out, 
then you have to look at the situation and and figure out what's going on if you literally just have too many deer in the area you maybe need to kill more deer but two acres of brassicas is pretty pretty hefty yeah Yeah, so but if it fails they wipe you out like chris said focus on grains plant plant like hall pass or no bs um or or just simply try straight winter wheat or winter rye one of those and a little bit of clover mixed in with that but experiment with it nobody knows until you try well, I, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say no matter what you're planting, you should put some clover in it. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's like it's one of them things you don't really have to take care of. I mean, you can put it out there; it's easy to grow, and whatever else is growing above it will nurse it to the point that when it's gone, the clover will come up. You know, it'll always be in there. I love putting yeah. clover in every blend. Yeah, when I, uh, it's funny, I started looking for my, for a new lease last night. Mm. And when I get a new lease and I plant food plots, literally every food plot is going to have some sort of clover in it. Oh, for sure. Now, you know, I'm going to incorporate, and it's all going to be domain seed and all that. Um, but majority of it will be some if clover. I, if I had one thing to pick, I, I would pick a clover. Yeah. A mixture, yep. a, a blend of clover. Right. Yeah, you just don't want one species no, of clover. you don't want, you want one straight, bl- you want it blended, yeah. But, I mean, if I had one thing, if someone says, What's your, what do you look for when you're looking for seed? I'm looking I'm looking for different varieties of clovers, mm-hmm. you know. I think I think this year when I order seed, I'm just going to get me a big gulp of hot chick. That's what yep. I think. And I'm just going to go around and spruce it up, man. Yeah, when I when I get an order to domain this year, I got to see the property first and what I'm on what it is. But I'm it's probably going to be a bunch of different stuff. Um, yeah, well, I'll I'll get a blend to put in front of my tree stand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the other, you know, acre and a half. Yeah, it's going to be spruced up with some hot chick, man. Right, and I I've might already have to, got it established there. I just have to go over it. Right, and I might have to jump on the. Jump on the no BS train this fall for, for my fall food plot. We'll, we'll go, see. Dave's going to have a dough factory. Yep, I'm going to have a dough factory. <laughs> and I'll blame it on Chris and I'll make a video and say, yeah. Chris, Chris set me up with a yep. dough factory. Because Chris recommends no BS to everybody because he shoots lots of dough in his food plots with that. Yep. All That's right. That's my go-to, man. Next question. What are we? And this five. This isn't really a question. It's more of a, it's more of a critique of, of this guy's statement to my video. Okay. And it was on a video of the title of it's how to frost seed clover, the ultimate guide. Okay. And I said, what to do, what not to do and how to do it. He okay. says dark moon, last snow. That's <laughs> the key to frost seeding. Spread the seed on top of snow and let nature do the rest. Very important to consider the impact of any chemical control will have a bee colonies in the area will affect chemical control will have on bee colonies in the area. Any bird who might grab some seed from the area you frost seeded in will disperse it naturally and deer will search for the main crop as a result. (laughs) All right. I'm going to answer this first because he's overthunk that one. He's this guy's high. So, Whew. all right, dark moon, last snow. 
I, I, I really don't understand what that has to do with frost seeding. Yeah, I don't um, that's not the key to frost seeding. Then he says, spread the seed on top of snow and let nature do the rest. I understand what he's saying, but yeah, spreading the, wash it away. <laughs> yeah, spreading the seed on top of snow is also <laughs> not the key to frost eating. Um, we made a lot of videos about that in the past, but that is not a very good idea. Um, you can get runoff, you can get the you know the birds pecking the seed away and all that stuff. Now, he does make a statement, and I'm not going to disagree with him. Is it, he says very important to consider the impact of any chemical control will have on bee colonies in the area. I fully understand chemicals and, and, and bees and honey and all that. You don't want to affect that, but Hey, let's, let's be real. Um, I don't think anybody really wants to deal with chemicals. I know I don't, um, I, I get funny with it, but it's everywhere, everywhere. Unless you go somewhere where you have, 20 mile 50 mile radius of organic farms everywhere and nobody is using chemicals within that 50 mile radius it's it's everywhere one little spraying of something on some clover to control some stuff on your food plot is really not going to kill all the bees now you know, when you get into big ag areas and farms and all these chemical, like I would not want to live in an agricultural area. All them farmers spraying chemical. I mean, it, it's, but again, you're not going to get away from it. It's everywhere. So, yeah, I understand the effect on it. I understand. I don't disagree with him on that, but um, it's just, it's one of them things. His next statement is, any bird who might grab some seed will disperse it naturally and deer will search for the main crop. That is dumb because, okay, you have a, you have a clover food plot. You done, you frost seeded, you have seeds in there. Why would you want a bird to peck the clover and drop that clover six miles down the freaking road? You know, you see what I'm saying? That's what he's saying. I mean, yeah, that's what happens. Bird eats seeds. They eat autumn olive you know, seeds and they poop it out and it grows an autumn olive tree. That's mother nature way of spreading seed. I get that. When you have a food plot and when you're trying to concentrate the food plot right there, you don't want the birds to eat the seed and poop it 300 yards, one little seed 300 yards away. That, that, that's not going to help you. I'm fired up. My throat hurts. So you can take over. You can take over. You're triggered. I don't know about you, Dave. No, no. Getting all worked up. No, I mean, I, first of all, I don't understand what the dark moon has to do. Eh? I, What's moon phase have to do with food plots? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, timing wise, as we said, freeze and thaw. Get a week or two at least before you start warming up forever, you know, and it's not going to freeze anymore. Get about two, you know, back it up about two weeks. I mean, I, I know it's a guess, but. You know, before it starts getting to the point where it's not going to freeze anymore, you got to get the seed on, you know. Uh, and then birds and bees will take care of themselves, man. I ain't worried about that garbage he's talking about. The only thing I can see is if, you know, affecting the uh, all the blooms on the clover when I mow. 
<laughs> that's the only thing I can see affecting them bees. Because man, there's bees all over those blooms. Yeah. But uh, when I go over and mow and I spread that seed out, well, they don't have a whole lot to gather up and and uh, pollinate with then at that point. But yeah, affecting birds and bees. That's that's like the guys that say when you till, you kill all the earthworms. Come on, dude. Right. Really. Yeah. I mean. I get it with the chemical and the bees, and I get it. I fully get it because well, I like, you, got, I, you got these people, these snowflakes that are all worried. You know, they, he he probably has a save the whales bumper sticker on his car too. You true. know, I mean, but but again, let, let's he be voted real. for Biden, right? Let's be, <laughs> oh man, you opened up worms. <laughs> um, let let's be real though. Nobody wants to mess with chemicals. I don't, I don't think any of us really want to deal with it. I don't. I don't. I hate it. Like, but it's part of. If you want success, yet yeah, sometimes it's needed. Is it needed as much as people say? I don't think so. Is it needed for sometimes for good success? Yes. So I I get that, but it's everywhere. You're not getting away from it. No. Last question, and let's yeah. wrap this up. Yeah, get one more, and we'll wrap it up quick. All right, John says, for a quarter-acre plot with nothing planted in 20 years, only wild grasses, when should I round up? When should I frost seed? Well, what do you I have? Kinda, I kind of went over that already. You know, if he's, he's not going to frost seed this year because he's going to mm -hmm. have to have a prepared plot. So this year, after it gets up to around 55, between 55 and 60, at the lowest point at night, he's going to have to spray that stuff dead and get that stuff all killed off. So he might as well kill it all off now and get rid of it and maybe plant something for fall. And then next spring, he'll be seeding into a prepared plot. And uh, that, I mean, that's, that's the simple question or the simple answer. I mean, mm -hmm. that is it. He's going to have to kill it off this year, get rid of it, and then frost seed next year. Yep. Because you're not going to be able to spray until after it gets up around 60. So. Right. Yeah. I like that's, it. I mean, that's a simple answer for that. Okay. Well, this, uh, this is 57, and this will air on the 28th, which will be our last announcement for the Great American Outdoor Show. Woo! So it's about time the Great American Outdoor Show is February 3rd. Our next podcast, the one after this, won't be aired. So um, you guys are listening to this on Sunday, the 28th. Uh, me and Chris will be at the Great American Outdoor Show on February 3rd, which is opening day. Um, if you guys are going to be there, let us know. And we would uh, meet up with you and give you fist bumps, no handshakes at the show. And... Uh, We'll talk to you about hunting or food plots. If you guys have any questions, we can meet up and heck, well, I think both of us will have a video camera. Maybe we can make some video, whatever you guys want to do. So, um, let us know and, uh, get a hold of us, Facebook, whatever, send us a message, comment, whatever, and we'll set it up and we'll, we'll meet you guys there. Yeah. We'll be walking around. Just, uh, you see us, don't just gawk at us, man. Wave us down and say, Hey man, we seen you. We know who you are. And we'll come don't, over. don't, don't give us the, don't give us the finger. Come say hi. Yeah. Don't. Don't hug us or kiss us or shake our hands or nothing because there's yeah. crud there. There's crud yeah. there. Run. No handshakes. No Run. handshake to the show. <laughs> yeah, wave us down. Let us know, man. We'll meet you. We'll shoot the 
Shoot the breeze, man. All right. 57. We'll see you on the next one. That'll Later. 58, the next one. Ooh. Yeah. Later. Bye.